T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. It's 10.02 on your Sunday morning. <laughs> Compose yourself after reading I, that quote. <laughs> John Stockton, man. Dear God. I, John I Stockton. Do you know 150 professional athletes are dead? They just dropped dead. Just dropped dead right in the middle of a game. Because they got vaccinated. I've seen at least 10 in person. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Four just this last weekend. <laughs> Where are these 150 from? Who knows? America, just have right? 150 uh, lead biases just right out, right, right there <laughs> on the court. I shouldn't be laughing at that, but I, it's just ridiculous. Very, Wait, very ridiculous. Was Len bias? Because I know I get the 30 for 30s mixed up. Was Len bias the the cocaine one, or who was the one that uh, played for like Leola Marymount, and they ran that super fast paced offense, and then he died in the middle of the game. Uh, Len bias was cocaine. Okay, and he right. played for Maryland. Right, right. All right. So I got him confused uh, again. My thirty for thirties mixed up. Loyola Marymount. I don't think I watched that one. So I don't. I don't know if I'll I know. Find I'll find it. Know or the, the text line can help. Off us the top out. of my head, at least, I don't know if I know it. Um, text in five zero three two five zero ten eighty. If you missed any of the first hour, it'll be up on the Les Schwab Tires podcast after the show. And uh, we talked largely about Bengals Titans as well as the Packers side of the Niners Packers game. And uh, we're going to get to the Niners here in a second. Hank Gathers is who it was. Hank Gathers. I think okay. they were actually playing the Portland Pilots, too. Really? Yep. Well, it would be a conference game after all. Had a heart attack right in the middle of the game. Dang. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, a crazy one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to watch a lot of the 30 for 30s with my girlfriend. She seemed interested in watching them because she likes documentaries and she likes sports. So I have not seen a large amount of them. I've seen probably like 10 total. And I know there's a lot more than that. So I'll be very interested. Ron again. It was against UC Santa Barbara. <laughs> did you watch the 30 for 30, Joe? I did. I remembered the or story. Was someone telling you about it. Uh, some of the details, obviously, afterwards. just got uh, lost in the lost in remembrance there. Were you potentially not sober when you were watching yeah, the set 30 for 30? Possible. <laughs> I find that oftentimes I will forget small details if that is the case. Um we're going to get to the other games coming up here in the next couple of segments. Actually, I stand correct. 
he fainted the first time what during is happening? UC Santa Barbara. The day that he actually died was against Portland Pilots. So, Okay. All right, we're good. <laughs> Enough on <laughs> Hank Cathers. Okay. Thank uh, you, John Stockton, for derailing us. That's not John Stockton that got you on that <laughs> tangent, Joe. I don't know what that was. Um, and we got the other games that we're going to talk about here in the next couple of segments. We got Rams, Bucks, and then the game of the weekend, in my uh, in my opinion, is Bills Chiefs. So we'll get to those coming up here in a couple of segments. But I do want to get to the winning team in the second game yesterday, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Boy, talk about a team that I stopped paying attention to in the middle of the season, probably rightfully so, because they were playing some really, really bad football. And they finished the year winning four of their last five and seven of their last nine games and have gotten into the playoffs and just look awesome. They just look really, really good. And the the problem is, is that you don't have a quarterback you can trust. Although yes, he's won playoff games. God, Jimmy Garoppolo is not good guys. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. I, there was like this weird couple of weeks at the end of the year where it became a talking point of, man, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to probably have to get traded because they drafted Trey Lance number one overall, but man, he's playing well. Teams will be clamoring over Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want my team to get Jimmy Garoppolo. My team needs a quarterback. Please don't go get Jimmy Garoppolo. That'll be like getting Teddy Bridgewater all over again. No, thank you. But other, other than him, and he is serviceable enough, although yesterday he was certainly not very good. Um, the team's really good. The defense is playing fantastic. I mentioned their weapons in the last segment. They've got multiple weapons. I think what Kyle Shanahan's done with Debo Samuel is brilliant, honestly. Maybe it was Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator. Maybe it was Kyle Shanahan um, who came up with the idea of putting him in as a running back more often and moving him all over the field. But that's been a- amazing. I mean, he had the key play in the game yesterday on the third and seven, and they handed it off to him, and he got the first down, and that led to the, the to the game winning field goal, and I, it's it's brilliance. So, the Niners in all phases, but quarterback, I'm very excited about them. And did they deserve to win the game yesterday? No, but neither did the Packers. That was one of those like neither team deserves to win this game. They are both actively trying to lose this game in every way, shape, or form, but. They got the game-winning field goal by Robbie Gold, who is now or is still perfect in his postseason career. I think 20 for 20 in field goals in the playoffs. Robbie Gold, so fantastic. And stepping up for that last field goal, I was concerned just because I think they said that it was 13 degrees and it felt like 2 degrees. And- uh, don't worry, the Packers only put 10 men on the field. <laughs> It didn't matter. <laughs> and when it gets that cold, we all know that the footballs get very, very hard, yeah. and like a rock. Uh-huh. And so kicking field goals is much harder. And I was just concerned that when they had to line up for that field goal, it was it was a toss-up whether he was going to make that or not. Well, here here's the thing about the Niners that to me is the most insane part of this. So they made the NFC Championship game as a sixth seed. If the Rams beat the Bucks today, which is possible, I think the Rams are going to win today, personally, um, you're going to get a third match, third match, third game between those two teams. And the Niners have won both times. The first time they played the Rams, they blew them out. But they, they played them in week 18, 
and the Rams blew the 17 zip lead and the Niners came back to win. And as we've learned, you know, the saying is always hard to beat the same team twice, hard to beat the same team three times. That's wrong. There was a tweet this year that I saw from a guy who ran the numbers. He said that 80% of the time, the team that won the first game wins the second game. And I think it went up even more, like a, like 83, 85% of the time, the team that won the first two games won the third game. Maybe it was a little bit less than that. I, I don't know the exact number. But the, the thought process of if you play a team multiple times in the year, it's really hard to beat them every time. It's just not true. It's just simply false. And so if you get Niners-Rams in the NFC Championship game, the six-seeded Niners with a quarterback who's not very good could be making the Super Bowl based purely on the fact that they know how to play the Rams and they know how to beat the Rams. And that's a crazy thing to think about for a team that almost everybody wrote off in the middle of the year to being to the NFC Championship game, taking down the one seed and, you know, getting the win over the Cowboys last week and a game that everybody picked the Niners to win and, and they followed through and they got the win and the Cowboys kind of let it dribble down their leg the entire game. But it it's just an amazing kind of story there too. It's the same thing with the Bengals. I'm not pulling for the Niners in the same way because the Niners have been to the playoffs so many times and, you know, it's a, a history of winning. So it's not as much of like an underdog story. But in terms of this year, it's a really good story that you went from certainly out of the playoffs to where you are now. Yeah, I think that Kyle Shanahan is showing how good of a coach he is. And we always go back and forth on him too, right? Either he's great or he's terrible. There's no in-between. Well, and I think, yeah, that was part of the argument at halfway point of the season when, what, the 49ers were 3-9, and 3-9, and 3-6, I believe, to start the year. I'm looking at the schedule. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They were 3-5 and five to start the year. And then they beat the Rams, Jags, Vikings. Uh, they won five of six games after that. They beat the Bengals at one point. Um, lost to the Titans barely. But, yeah, I mean, two wins against the Rams. You beat the Vikings, who were competitive. Beat the Bengals, who are obviously in a good position right now. Blew out the Texans and Falcons. Barely lost the Titans. So they started to turn the ship on that season. And then you start wondering, okay, these 49ers team, how good are they? And the way they finished the year with that win against the Rams to make the playoffs, you're like, all right, this is this is kind of who they've shown over the last eight weeks of this year. And Mike Shanahan, kudos to him for rallying that team and getting them to believe. I mean, two ugly wins, I guess you could say, offensively. I mean, that second half against the Cowboys was not good at all. No. They didn't score a single point. No. Um, if they did, maybe it was just a field goal. I, I can't remember. I don't really want to remember much of that game. But, um, yeah, yesterday. They were, they were terrible in the second half yeah, offensively. Yeah. And then yesterday, I mean, offensively, you don't score a point. Defensively, obviously, you don't score a point there. You get the pump block at the end to win it. So, I mean, just just like the Bengals, gritty win to pull it out. I mean, There's a little bit of luck involved with that, of course. 100%. But, I mean, I, I you get this far in the playoffs, you kind of can't just say, well, they got lucky. Well, and it's like against the Rams, you know, first that game once. All right. You're lucky win. You got that win to get in the playoffs. Good. You dominate the Cowboys. You're like, oh, damn. Okay. And honestly, that didn't surprise a lot of people. I think it surprised people how poorly the Cowboys played in that one. But I don't think it surprised people that the 49ers won that. 
And then, I mean, shoot, even Matt LaFleur said, yeah, we were planning for the 49ers. Like, we were mm. preparing for them. We had a feeling that was going to be the case. And But I feel like – Punch to your gut right there. <laughs> for real. Um, I feel like a lot of people had the Packers winning that game straight up yesterday. I mean, I don't think that's any surprise there. I had them winning, yeah. yeah. A lot of people did. So, for the 49ers to pull that out, again, it shows they're a really good football team. They're good. They're very good. Uh, and honestly, based on – obviously, a lot of it's going to be based on injuries for Tampa. If Tampa can get some of those guys back and they're healthy and they're not affected by the injuries, if they go up against the Niners, I don't know if the Niners have a lot of a chance. But like I said, Niners-Rams, why not a six seed in the, world, in, the, in the Super Bowl? Why not? I'm good. I'm good on seeing the 49ers <laughs> have success. We've seen that for so many times. Yeah. So many years, so many times. All right. Let's get to the games today. We'll begin with Bucks Rams next. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Just Mike and Joe today. Let's get into the games today. And we'll begin with the first game, which is coming up at noon on NBC. That is Rams. Bucks. The line moved on this one. It was uh, was Bucks minus three. It is still Bucks minus three. I did want to share one more little stat about uh, the Rams. Excuse me. What were we talking about? Niners Packers. Yeah. So. Oh, Niners Rams. Yeah. If we get a Rams 49ers matchup, uh, someone on Reddit, thankfully, went through the years and found the three game sweep scenarios yeah. over the years from basically 1982 to 2017 there's been about uh, 20 of them or so um 67 of the time the sweep happens there you go so not 83 67 but yeah it's just it, it's for whatever reason that became like a sports talk mantra can't beat the same team twice really hard and i don't know why i went into a southern mm. accent on that but uh just, just did so hey there bud <laughs> that's what I did 21 times it's happened from 82 to 2017 maybe it's happened again over these last couple of years but of those 21 times 67 percent of the time so let's see about three uh six times out of those it's happened where that th- third game the team gets the win the, for the third time yeah yeah majority yeah. of the time yes that team does end up sweeping uh so for this game today Bucks versus Rams. We do not know the status yet of the Bucks offensive linemen, Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, the center and the tackle. Um, we're going to find out their inactive list, I think, in like 10 minutes. I just saw a tweet that said that. So uh, we'll update you on that when we see it. They were practicing or at least involved in some practices, which would lead you to believe that they want to try to play. Um, if they are not fully healthy, that could be a really dangerous part of this game for the Bucks. I bet on the Rams personally solely because of the injuries. I've talked about this before. I, I I'm done going against Tom Brady and thinking he's done. I'm done. It's I'm done with that. But maybe I'm an idiot for doing this then because I, I keep saying that. But the injuries on this Bucks team are so severe right now at the receiver position with Godwin out for the year. It wasn't an injury, but Antonio Brown's an idiot. So he's gone. You know, two of your starting offensive linemen now have been questionable all week. We don't know if they're playing. 
against a really, really good defensive line for the Rams. And your running backs are all hurt, right? Like hey, Ronald Jones is out. You do get Leonard Fournette back today, I'm pretty sure. Is he back? Are you sure? I saw uh, that they were going to be cutting Le'Veon Bell to make that roster spot available for him. Okay. For him. And you got uh, Steve Mariucci breaking down Leonard Fournette right now on the NFL Network. So. Okay. Well, then, okay, that's good. They'll look we'll at him back. Uh, what was the big game, Lenny? Is that what we called him last year? But we saw the Titans get Derrick Henry back yesterday, and it didn't make much of a difference. I think it was a little bit of a different injury for Fournette than Henry. It was not as long term. For sure. But I just, I'm really concerned, especially about the offensive lineman injuries for the Bucks in this game because. The best way to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs is to hit him. Like he can't move. He's not mobile. And when he gets hit, his teams tend to, well, not tend to, but that's when you can get the win over a Tom Brady-led team is if you're hitting him multiple times in the game. You have Aaron Donald. You have Von Miller. You got a good pass rush on the Rams side. And Von Miller's kind of been eh, fine for the Rams since they got him, but he showed up and got a sack last week. And I feel like he's kind of saving it for these playoff games for sure, especially because he's, he's, you know, a veteran that's been here before and is much, much older at this point in his career. But I just am really worried about those offensive line injuries. Now, if Worfs and Jensen are back and are really not struggling at all and they're just fully, you know, like, ah, we're fine, we recovered, then I think the Bucks will probably win the game. I just don't know if that's what's going to happen. Worfs tried to come back in the game last week and he couldn't. And then Jensen, uh, Jensen didn't come back at all. And I didn't even see him on the sideline after after he left the game, too. So we'll see. I think that's going to be a huge, huge determining factor on who wins this game is the health of those two offensive linemen. Well, it cracks me up because you were kind of going back and forth with, or well, you sent a text back to someone on the text line, but then they responded. That's my point. Oh, he couldn't possibly do it with all those injuries. He probably will. His deal with Satan is strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Um, why is it that we all ignore Brady? He couldn't do it again, right? He totally will. And we all think, oh, and we'll all think, why didn't we think he would do it again? Yeah, it's, I, I said this, I think it was two years ago, or maybe it was when they won last year. I'm done. I, I, I kept trying to come up with reasons why Brady at age 49, 58, 63, wasn't going to win another Super Bowl. And they just didn't matter because he just kept winning Super Bowls. And maybe me going into the injury thing here is is falling into the same trap again. I'm not saying this is against Brady. I think Brady's been fantastic. I'm not judging Brady. I just don't know if the Bucks have enough healthy players uh, to to put out a playoff winning team against a really really good Rams team. That's all. I mean, they've had injury issues all year defensively. They're they have the best rush defense in the NFL, or one of the best ones. But their pass defense has been really snake bit by injuries, and it hasn't been very good. So I just don't feel like the matchup is that good if you're dealing with all these injuries because the Rams, you know, say what you want about Matt Stafford this year. He's been kind of all over the place. But if, if your pass defense is struggling, Matt Stafford's going to win the game. He's going to throw the ball over you. Well, Cooper Cup's been the best receiver in football this year. I mean, Odell Beckham has found his old OBJ skills with the Rams. You even saw Higby last week make a, make a couple of decent catches, and he's kind of been – invisible for a lot of this year but he's a good weapon yeah don't remind me i had him in fantasy sorry god i mean you had a lot of bad players in fantasy though didn't you yeah i i was a little bit too beholden to the sleeper articles and watch out for this guy making a breakout season uh, he was one of those and we were like with well, matt stafford and quarterback higby's prime for a big season 
And, uh, well, all those catches went to Cooper Cup instead. <laughs> every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, yes. every single one of Remember them. Remember Robert Woods? Or Van Jefferson, for God's sakes. Robert Woods got hurt in the middle of the season. All of his catches went to Cooper Cup when he was healthy, too. Yeah. And he's really good. Like, damn it. Um, for the, pa- or the Buccaneers today, if you got a banged-up offensive line, do what you got to do when you have that, and that is get the ball out quickly. Run shorter routes. Which Brady is elite at. Yeah. I mean, hit those five to ten yarders, a little hitches, a little out routes. I mean, get that ball out as quick as possible so you're not putting Brady in harm's way. And, again, having Leonard Fournette back, is that that is big. You have a dependable running back where you know you can – a big, strong running back that can basically fall forward and get you three, four yards. If you can control that – time of possession and again just kind of dink and dunk your way downfield maybe take your shot with mike evans at one point again you still got gronkowski that brady gronkowski connection is can work on its own you give brady enough time long enough step back five seven steps back in the pocket and have gronk run a route to where he can get open and just use his size um that will be the key to the bucks today but it could be a big gronk game yeah because the the rams signed Eric Weddle out of retirement because they had no healthy safeties. Yeah. And Taylor Rapp is out again. And who covers Gronk usually? The safety. No. So they're gonna they're they're certainly gonna focus in on Gronk. That could be a huge thing. Absolutely. I mean if he has a, a classic old school Gronk game of eight catches for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, then the Rams are probably in trouble. But I I don't know. It it, it feels like to me this year because Sean McVay has Matt Stafford, he might be able to get over that playoff hump. Well, and say what you want about the Cardinals, but the Rams kicked their ass last week. I mean, it wasn't so much that like the Cardinals played poorly. Well, it's the Ram- well, the Rams forced them to play poorly. It wasn't so much that, oh man, the Cardinals had their chances here and here and here and they just didn't. Next. It's like, no, the Rams just completely eliminated any chance of them having good plays and Halliburton was running for his life from the second he got the ball almost every snap I'm saying they had like negative yardage going into the second quarter like the Rams they showed up and um is it this game is in Tampa so yeah but granted it was a home game that stadium I was shocked that an LA NFL game could get that loud cheering for the home team well, they, they was, care about the Rams. They do not care about, about the, Chargers. the Chargers. Right. But as but. everyone says, like, nobody cares about sports in L.A. because they could be off surfing. They could be off at a club. They could be doing whatever. Oh, a shot of Colin Cowherd right there? A little. I feel like Colin said that many times. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's true. There's just nothing to do. I mean, nothing to do in L.A. besides go to sports. Out here on the West Coast, we got a lot of other things to do. Besides go to sports games, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing in L.A. fun to do. Um, but last week it was just like the Rams, they showed up and their fans showed up and they, like I said, they eliminated anything that the Cardinals wanted to do. That was the Rams go out and dominated. And so because of that game, I think that definitely showed a lot of people like this is the Rams team that we know and that they can be. And going into this game against the Bucks has given people the confidence to take the Rams and gambling or pick them straight up, whatever. Because last week they showed this is what they can be at their best. And I'm not – people that are taking the Rams over the Bucks. I'm not exactly like, oh, wow, that's going out on a limb there. I mean, they dominated last week. And if these Bucks injuries go to show that, yeah, they're without two of their top offensive linemen, it can be tough sledding for the Bucks. But when you have Brady and you have Gronk, that's going to keep you in the game. 
I see this up on the screen right now on ESPN. Tom Brady's future remains non-committal to play beyond next season or this season. Bucks willing to bend over backwards to entice him to play. Jesus. <laughs> All right. God. Bruce Arians. I mean, my lord. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a slut. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's get to the uh, other game of the day, the best game of the day, in my opinion. Hopefully, it will come to fruition. That is the Bills versus the Chiefs. This is Football Sunday. Here's Joe. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Do your own research, Joe. Do your own research. 150 players dropping dead. Well, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to have plenty of time to do research this year. (laughs) This offseason. That he will. Lots of research to be done by uh, Breitbart Star. It's like World War Three out there, just players dropping dead everywhere, bodies everywhere. My God. I cannot get over this John Stockton quote. Well, read I it cannot the, get over it. Read it for the listeners. Just so Did I not can, read it? Was I just alluding to it because I didn't want to get into it? You were definitely alluding to it, yes, but read the full thing because it's uh, uh John Stockton, for those something. who don't know, has been suspended from his own school for being an anti-masker at games. That would be Gonzaga. Um This was a quote. I think it's highly recorded now. There's 150, I believe now, it's over 100. Professional athletes dead. Professional athletes, the prime of their life, dropping dead that are vaccinated right on the pitch, right on the field, or right on the court, Stockton said in an interview. 150 dropping dead on the court. So on the pitch, on the field, do they have any sort of gambling betting on who's just going to die on the field today in these games? I mean, yeah, Over John Stockton's rolled three absolutely players dying in today's games in the so NFL. It's the special death pool section. <laughs> Dear God. I just, I can't. I, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Just NASCAR drivers. I just, just I, lo- I love the crashing in the middle of the race. He's dead in the middle of his car. <laughs> In the middle of the track. In the middle of the race, just dead. Horses dropping dead <laughs> because of the vaccine. No, no they'd uh, be fine because they have ivermectin. Oh, right, of course. So the horses, yes. I mean, they're running their best races of their lives right I now. I just, I can't get over that quote. 150 professional athletes dropping dead. 150? <laughs> I think we'd be, we would hear about maybe just one of those. Yeah, like one, two? Come Dear on. God. Hello? All right, so the other game today is uh, Bills versus Chiefs. That is the nightcap today and by nightcap i guess i mean the afternoon cap it's at uh, 3 30 on cbs kind of kind of happy that it's a 3 30 game because it means we'll have some time afterwards to to do other stuff kind of i kind of like that that's the second game of the day i appreciate that today uh the chiefs are now one point favorites they have been two point favorites largely for most of the week and this is a rematch of uh, game earlier this year as well as the AFC championship game last year correct was it the AFC championship or the divisional game last year? AFC last championship year? was the AFC championship yes so we're getting a rematch of that and 
I think this is going to be fascinating. So remember, after Buffalo lost last year, they went into the offseason with the sole purpose of building a team that could beat Kansas City. And I remember earlier this year when they beat Kansas City and they won 38-20 to in that game, and it was in Kansas City too. I think it was the biggest home loss of Patrick Mahomes' career. It was like, look, look at what the – because it was pretty early in the season they did that. It was week one, two, three, four, week five. Week five or six that they did that if the, if the Bills had a bye. Um, it was like, wow, look, they built their team to beat the Chiefs, and look at how well they beat Kansas City in this game. Now, early in the season, we know the Chiefs were struggling pretty mightily. They had a couple of losses in a row. Mahomes was throwing picks left and right. Their defense was giving up yards all over the place. And in that game in particular, I mean, Josh Allen was just dropping rockets all over the place, like deep passes that were going for touchdowns. Um, and it worked. Now, the Bills hit their rough patch mid-late to the mid-late part of the season. They've now won a decent amount of games in a row, and they got themselves hot at the right time, like we've been talking about today. But here we are again against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs have improved. The Chiefs have changed their style of play a little bit this year, as well as made pretty massive adjustments on their defensive side of the ball to make it so that they're not giving up every single play possible on defense. But here we are again with the Bills team that's healthy and built to beat the Chiefs. I I don't really understand. Well, I, I understand it. You know, Vegas wants bets on both sides. But to me, the Bills are the better team right now. To me, the Bills should be favored in this game. And especially after watching them put up the only perfect game in history against the Patriots last week. How could you go against Buffalo right now? They didn't punt. They didn't kick a field goal. They scored a touchdown on every drive. They didn't have a turnover. They didn't get to fork down the entire game. The only ever perfect game in NFL history was completed by the bills last week. After watching that. And I know the chiefs defense got better. It's still not very good. It's not terrible anymore, but it's more middle of the pack. I don't understand how, the Bills lose this game. I don't. I don't. Wow. That confident in that, huh? I mean, it's a playoff game any any given Sunday, right? Anything can happen. But I, I looked at the games going into the week, and I was like, wow, these are pretty good games. Like, I was really confident in the Bengals, too, actually. So I guess I'm happy that worked out. But it's like, oh, okay, I picked the Bengals. And, yeah, Packers are the one seed. They've been pretty good. And Niners, you know, I was wrong on that one, obviously. And I'm really uncertain about this Rams-Bucks one. Uh, by the way, if you didn't hear it in Joe's update, Tristan Wirfs is out for Tampa. Ryan Jensen is playing. So uh, he's going to give it a go on his ankle injury, but Wirfs is out. And Fournette, like we mentioned, is playing. Um, this one for me, I looked at it as it's my, it's my favorite game of the week. I think it's going to be an incredible game. Mike's pick of the week. I just, I just really like the Bills right now. And I just, the way they're playing, it just seems like, inevitable that they're going to win again especially because they did so much to strategize against the chiefs this offseason to build that team the thing about the bills is they've just been inconsistent this year they will blow out a team put up 40 points and win by you know three four touchdowns and then the next week they'll you know lose to the jags nine to six and it just seems like they're a very roller coaster of a team whereas the chiefs you could say the same thing about the Chiefs, but they've won 10 of their last 11 games. I mean, they have righted the ship and shown how good they are. So, But the Bills' performance last week 
like you you got to leave even more confident than you've been all year, right? I mean, to go up against Belichick and I mean that was that was dominant. That was like a, an exorcism for the Bills last week. Yeah, divisional team. Patriots have been destroying you for years. They've been running your division for years, and you go up against them in the playoffs and just annihilate them. I mean, that was. I hate watching blowouts in the playoffs. I loved watching that game. It was like you could see all of those years of of misery just leaving the Bills as they as they punched the Patriots into the ground over and over again. It was it was wild stuff, wild to watch. And I just I I don't know how that team loses right now. Like they've got to be the Super Bowl favorite at this point. They have to be. And you just have to wonder that how much of last year's game motivates them today, getting blown out by the Chiefs, being that close to going to the Super Bowl. And here you are facing that same team, and they are holding you back from not a Super Bowl, but to get at least back to the AFC Championship game and hosting an AFC Championship game. Can you imagine Buffalo? You want to talk about people dying in the middle of games. I can't imagine Buffalo. I've been there for a couple of games. Dear God, an AFC championship game in Buffalo, that place will be absolutely insane. And the the Chiefs are coming off a game that they really didn't have to try. I mean, they they won big, but it was the Steelers. Yeah, they kind of like just flipped a switch and like, okay. It it was like, it, it was inevitable. The Steelers were not good. I mean, they were the seventh seed and they were, had no business being in the playoffs and they backed their way in, but it, it just kind of felt like they cruise controlled through it. Whereas the bills had a really intense game where they, they kind of played at a different level. And I wonder if that's going to have an effect too. Like they're already at that level where the chiefs kind of got to get themselves back up there again. And as we talked about second time, they're playing each other. Oftentimes the team wins again and the bills won big in that first game, 38 to 20. I just, maybe it's insane for me to be this confident or this like, you know, grandiose about how I feel about the bills, but I just, it just feels like they're a year right now. And in the middle of the year, they were weird and they had not figured it out. And their running game was non-existent outside of their quarterback. But Devin Singletary has looked good the last few weeks. He's been, he's been effective. Josh Allen's still running the ball and look, Josh Allen's a really good quarterback now. Like that's the thing that's, I think everyone kind of knows it by default, but remember his first two years, he was awful like really bad and he's become a top five QB top three QB in the NFL in two years he just flipped a switch and he was good I know he probably put a lot of work in that in that in between second and third year offseason but I I I love watching the Chiefs I hate the Chiefs because they're my team in my team's division and their arrival but I love watching them play I think they're a great team obviously it's just this is the Bills year yeah, the Chiefs said... So now the Chiefs are going to win by well, 30. And the Chiefs' defense, I mean, they have to return to what they were doing when they got, like, Chris Jones back. I mean, they put up... They were holding teams to, like, less than 10 points. Um, and last week was kind of the same case. I mean, they gave up 21, but, I mean, they were They really, were up so big, it didn't yeah. matter. And one of those touchdowns was a T.J. Watt anyways. So, but he gave up, you know, 24 to the Broncos. He lost that game to the Bengals where he gave up 34. He gave up 28 to the Chargers. Um, those are your last four games of the year there. And before that, Raiders, nine points, Broncos, nine points, Cowboys, nine points, Raiders, 14 points, Packers, seven points. Granted, Jordan Love at quarterback, but that defense has kind of gone back to where they were at the beginning of the year. So if the Chiefs, I mean, 
they need to go back to what they were doing against the and they're playing the Bills. I mean, good luck with that. I, I'm kind of with you on Mike. I like the Bills in this game. You are very confident though in that selection. I, I am. Give, I give you kudos to that. I just I want a I want a shootout. I want like a 45-41, just yeah. absolute barn burner. That's a, a classic game. I think I, that would be sensational. Yeah. They, well, what was that last year? Wasn't it Monday Night Football? It was Chiefs versus. I know it was the Chiefs Rams a couple years ago. That was just. Oh, was that? It was yeah. like it was like forty one to forty at the end. Yeah, just, it was two years ago. Then yeah, that's the game. I want that. I want that again. Let's let's wrap up divisional week with that game at three thirty today. Dude, that'd be especially Please. after getting these. Yeah. Field goal fest from yesterday. 13, 10, 19, 16 games. Although, look, to be fair, those games were both awesome. They were both awesome to watch. And that's the thing. It's That's what makes the NFL great, especially at this time of the year. It doesn't matter how the game goes. If they're close, it's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I, I have a hard time believing that's going to happen with how good the Buffalo Bills defense has been this year, too. I mean, they they were the number one defense. So, Hey, Jordan Poyer, first team, all pro. Good for him. Good for his wife. I guess. Have you seen his wife? I've seen his wife. Yeah. I mean, I've she, also seen she's kind of insane. I was going to say, she's a little bit on that John Stockton level, too. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, babe. Whatever you think. Yeah. Sounds great. So. Uh, Can we go to the bedroom? Uh, or, so. Hello? Uh, all right. Let's wrap up the show next. Uh, I don't really have anything specifically planned, but we'll find something. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Our last segment here on Football Sunday. It's just me and Joe today. Wrapped up our NFL divisional round talk. I want to slide a little Blazers in here because I did see this this morning. Hosted by Jason Quick. Maybe it was yesterday that I saw it. Um, Damian Lillard had a press availability after his core surgery that he underwent. And... Um, he said one thing that was interesting that he said in it was that the doctor who did the surgery looked at him and said, how have you been playing with this for so many years? He's like, most players will get this and get the surgery immediately because it hurts so bad. And Dave's been playing through it for four years, which in some ways kind of frustrated me a little bit. Like how, how much better could Dame have been if he wasn't dealing with this on a daily basis? Like he's just, limiting himself intentionally by not wanting to get surgery, which I thought was very, very strange. But the big quote from it was, uh, well, two big things. One, he said that he's in no rush to come back. Uh, He's going to be reevaluated in the six to eight week timeline, like they said, and he's not going to rush past earlier than that. And he also said that he wants to talk to the team beforehand, probably Joe Cronin beforehand, and decide whether or not or, or figure out whether or not the team is going to be playing for a draft pick or playing for the playoffs. And Lillard said, I am not going to be playing for a draft pick. Selfish. And now I really want the Blazers to stop winning, please, so that they can play for a draft pick. Dame will sit the whole year out, get fully healthy, mentally recharge, and get like MVP level Dame back next year with a top five pick couple of trades done to get some pieces in a completely rebuilt team in a way that uh i don't know a real nba team should be built and not a way that neil o'shea built this, built this team well that's what i want i mean i want that so badly they've i wanted them to tank like three times in the last six years when they've been on the border of it just tank 
there's apparently some really good players at the top of the draft this year. I'm not going to even pretend to know who on earth is good in college or in the G League right now, but there's a bunch of bigs at the top of it, and there's some uh, taller guards as well. So that's good. Go get that top five pick. Let Dame rest. You can't win that way. You got to go through free agency. You got to get players to want to come to Portland, which is completely isolated from the rest of the NBA landscape. And it's just, I will say, though. Are you, are you just uh, mocking those people yeah, right now? Yes, okay. I am. Uh, I will say, though, in the NBA season, those are during the crappy months of the year here in Portland, and you're traveling a lot. You don't even have to deal with that. <laughs> and you when, see, and you when see Portland's off- beautiful, you're not even living here, so who cares? <laughs> well, you, hey, you see in the offseason, Dame's going up and down the Willamette in a jet ski. Oh, I know that. Well, he lives here, yeah. Are you kidding me? That's what you get here in Portland. during the. That's during the time where you don't have to play. It's the best time to be here. The other thing, too, and this was from Quick on Primetime. I don't know if you saw this. He also posted an article about it. So... The Blazers end their season with a chance to win 11 games in a row. Did you see this, Joe? They have a chance to end their season with a win. With 11 wins in a row. (laughs) Um, There's two games at the end, uh, Dallas and Utah, so those are the last two games. The 11 games prior to that. Let me guess. There's There's a Houston and an Oklahoma City sprinkled in there. Oh, Joe. Just you wait. And Orlando, Detroit. Just you wait. Here are those 11 games. Indiana. Yeah. Detroit. There you go. San Antonio. There you go. Houston. There you go. Houston. (laughs) Oklahoma City. Three of them. New Orleans. San Antonio. San Antonio. Oklahoma City. New Orleans. Uh, In a row. This is setting up perfectly for the Blazers to get the nine seed. And not get a lottery pick, yeah. lose their first round pick, and everything goes to, to smithereens. Well, I, I do remember them saying at the beginning of the year that the Blazers did have one of the toughest schedules to well, start the, the year, like their first 21 there's games. There's all the games. So <laughs> this is making up for that tough part of the, the first part of the schedule here. All, there's all the games that should have been intermixed. They're all in a row. Dear God. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely – he said that. I was like, What? Who on earth are they beating 11 in a row in the list of the teams? I was like, oh, God. It's like literally the three worst teams over and over and over again. They get back-to-back Houston. And and back-to-back San Antonio and two (laughs) Oklahoma cities and two New Orleans and Detroit and Indiana. (laughs) Those are, I mean, besides the Blazers, I'm pretty sure those are the last four teams in the West. Oh, they are. Like, that's 11 through 15 there. Pretty sure. Yep. God. It's going to be a -a tankathon. Now, here's here's the saving grace for that and it's the best way to look at it, in my opinion, if you're nervous about them winning, is that by that point, the trade deadline's coming and gone, and you've made your moves. So if the Blazers trade Nurk and Covington, which they should because they're on the last year of their deal, and right now both of them are playing really, really well, which is hopefully raising their trade value, go get some, like go get Miles Turner, who's hurt now. Go trade for Miles Turner and let him sit out the rest of the year. And then next year you get Damon Turner back healthy and then whatever else you did and you have a top five pick. So maybe by the time you get to those 11 games, it won't even matter because your team is so bad because you've, you've blown it up and you're just going to be tanking for the rest of the year. Maybe Anthony Simons has a, uh, has a hip injury that keeps him out for a couple of those games. Boy, he's been really good. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> that guy has hit his, uh, hit his stride, which has been really, really exciting. I think I saw on a Reddit post last night, someone trying to make the case. They're like, at this point, Simons over Simmons? 
Like if, uh, as far as value and what they bring to the team, well, I don't want Simmons anymore. I look, I, I'm off the Simmons train. I think, yeah, that ship has sailed for a lot of people. But I just is that guy is a total douche. Um, I don't. It's weird with Simmons because he's a free agent, right? But I guess the Blazers will probably be able to match any offer that he gets. Got his bird rights or whatever. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do, because the problem is, is if you keep Simmons and you do a Dame Simmons thing. You're doing Dame CJ all over again. They're two six foot three guards. Well, at least one of them can dunk. And I guess he's been doing better on defense. So if he can become an ad- average defender, that's good. But I don't want to get sucked into this two six foot three guard nonsense again. Tell me that, please, someone tell weird. me that Simon's list six five on his uh, roster sheet, just so I can like believe that he is not six three. I don't know what he lists on there. <laughs> I, I guess you're I'm just gonna believe that. that he's six five, and just so that would make me sleep better at night. All right, well, uh, enjoy the playoffs, everybody. Let's hope that nobody drops dead in the middle of the game from the vaccine, and uh, hopefully your bets work out for you. We'll be back next week, nine to eleven, prior to the championship games both of them will be on Sunday next week. So lots to preview in next week. Good luck, and we'll see you guys then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.